These are Bora Voices. Well, it's October, and it's episode 26 of the Bora Pridecast. This is Chuck McHenry, your host, and welcome to our college application episode where we listen to an interview with the College of Western Idaho's Hispanic Student Coordinator. Also, we'll hear from our very own college and career counselor, Jenny Kimball, who has advice for all seniors who are getting ready to make that big leap from high school on into higher ed and college. So have a listen. These are Borough Voices. I am here with Miss Kimball, and we're just here to ask her a few questions. First off, Miss Kimball, good afternoon. Good afternoon. So as uh, today it is October 4th, and as we start to approach a lot of the uh, early deadlines for college applications, we're wondering if a Bora senior is preparing to apply to any sort of college, what would be the steps that they would take starting now? Great question. Yeah, October is really the busiest month when it comes to applying for college. So. There's a couple of different ways you can apply to college. Um, in Idaho, we have the Apply Idaho application that allows you to apply for all 10 Idaho colleges with just one application. And seniors are actually gonna be filling that out in their English class this week, which is pretty exciting. Um, but if students are working on out-of-state college applications, they will either wanna visit that school's website to apply online on the school's website, or they're gonna to wanna to be working on their Common App. The Common App is an application that is used by over 900 colleges around the country. Um, and it's pretty cool because you can also fill it out one time and send it to multiple colleges. Um, so that's something that students will want to be working on right now is really getting those applications done, asking for letters of recommendation, working on their Common App essay, um, and just making sure that they're getting all the materials completed this week. So you talked about the Common App, and it's accepted by over 900 colleges. But what about those colleges that the Common App isn't accepted by? You mentioned visiting a website. Uh, what would you do after that? Yeah, great question. So typically, if, you're, if you can't find your college on the Common App, you should go straight to that college's website and look for the admissions page. Um, so every college has an admissions website where they will give you all the steps to apply, and there should actually be a link to the application. Most college applications do require you to create an account, and then that way you can start the application, save it, and log back in at a later date. Um, so really looking for that admissions page is gonna be your key to finding the actual application. Okay, fantastic. And for actually filling out these applications, is there any advice that you would give to these seniors? Yeah, I would say for seniors to just, um, you know, don't get too caught up in in feeling like you have to have everything perfect and don't worry that you know if you make a mistake that somehow the college is going to deny your application. Um, I think students get really nervous when they start filling out college applications and, and really a lot of it is just basic stuff your your high school information, your GPA, your address, you know, don't don't get too nervous. I think once students start filling out the application, they realize pretty quickly that it's maybe not as scary as they thought. Um, and if, if it's an application where you do have to include an essay, you know, in your essay, you really wanna try not to, not to try to just impress people by using big words or, you know, saying things that they, you think they wanna hear, really just try to tell them something interesting about you that, that they wouldn't learn otherwise somewhere else in your application. So just try to be genuine, try to be yourself, 
um, and, and don't stress out too much about this process. Okay. And then just one last question for any uh, sophomores or juniors we have listening to this podcast. What's advice you would give to them if they are going to go to college in the next two or three years? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say for sophomores and juniors, a crucial piece to the college like exploration process is trying to visit college campuses. I know it's been hard with COVID, but many colleges have um, opened up in terms of allowing visitors to visit campus in person. Um, and so I would tell sophomores and juniors to, even if it's just Boise State or College of Idaho down in Caldwell, go visit a college campus. I think it really helps just to get a feel for, especially size. If you go to Boise State and that seems like it might be too big for you, um, that's really good information to know as a sophomore or as a junior when you're choosing the schools you want to apply for. So I think visiting colleges is a great idea. We also have a lot of colleges that come to Bora. They travel and they come here to our school and they're here at break or at lunch. Um, and that's a really good opportunity for sophomores and juniors to also learn about those colleges, come into the Career Center, talk to those representatives, ask them questions, um, really take advantage of those visits uh, when they happen. We also have a Treasure, Fa Treasure Valley College Fair coming up on Saturday, October 9th. Um, it's at Boise State from 1 to 3 p.m. and it's free for all students to attend. So that would be another great thing for sophomores and juniors to do. Okay, thank you so much for visiting with me. Um, students, if you have any other questions, Ms. Kimball does uh, have her career counseling office. You'll find that between the business office and the library in the main hall. And if you have any questions, feel free to visit her. Again, thank you so much for uh, visiting with me. Thanks for having me. These are Bora Voices. Uh, my name is Santiago Fernandez, and I'm here interviewing our special guest, Javier Garcia. Javier, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for thinking of me. Um, my name is Javier Garcia, and I act as Latinx Student Service Coordinator at the College of Western Idaho. Mm -hmm. I've been in this role for about, um, it's going to be maybe pushing four years. And one of the cool things about just being in this position is I was one of the very first person hired into it. So I got oh, to wow. build uh, Latinx Student Services with the support of my colleagues um, at CWI. And so um, I absolutely love everything that I do just because I'm actually one of the students who received the services from a similar type of office, especially when I was in college and definitely in high school. And um, I always like to start, I hope it's okay, yeah, by sharing yeah. a little bit about just how I was brought up and yeah. a little bit on my background. No, so course, I'm, yeah. I'm originally from this area. I uh, graduated from Cobble High School and so my family's all here. And I always wanted to go to college. Like, that was just my thing. I always wanted to go. But due to my parents uh, having, like, limited English skills and mm -hmm. definitely not being, um, not being in higher education themselves, mm -hmm. I, I had a lot of barriers. And so I really leaned into the AVID program. I oh, leaned yeah. into the TRIO Education Talent Search program. And um, through those services, I was able to, to get the right resources. And... So I used to work at Target when I was in high school, and I really <laughs> cool, loved Target, cool. so I was an adult. Yeah. But um, I remember getting a call after one of my shifts, and mm -hmm. my trio specialist was like, Javi, there's this program. It's called the College Assistant Migrant Program. They have an opening at U of I, and I think you're the ideal candidate. So I remember getting off of work, like reading excited. that voicemail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? I can go to U of I? Because that was my goal, but I just couldn't afford it, even mm -hmm. after I did, like, scholarships and stuff. But... 
I was accepted. I got to go up. Awesome. And I don't know about folks, but my parents had limited income. So taking a day off from school, that might mean like a bill doesn't get paid. But I remember talking to my mm -hmm. dad and he was like, whatever you need, let's do it. And so two days after that phone call, I found myself on my way up to U of I. Like we throw my stuff into boxes. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> my mom cried all the way up <laughs> and tried to change my mind. But um, I felt fully supported and yeah. through through their support, I got to U of I. I joined the College Assistant Migrant Program. I had support while I was there. I had mentoring, I had retention services. Everything that I'm doing now, we've kind of emulated um, through my experience and my colleagues' experience in college and the mm -hmm. support systems we had. And I can literally breathe and say, like, I know this works because it worked for yeah. me. Yeah. Awesome. So, <laughs> so that's a little bit on my background. But yeah. I did graduate from U of I with a degree in psychology and Spanish. And awesome. now in my role at CWI, I literally tell every student I come across, it doesn't matter where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Find the opportunities and I will help you get there, even if it's not CWI. And I really, truly breathe by that. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, um what does your job entail as a Latino student, Latinx student coordinator? Yeah, um, and, and let's start there, too. So Latinx, uh, for just everybody's purpose, yeah. is a term that we use just to refer to anyone of Latin American descent. Mm -hmm. um, and so Latinx is a more inclusive term. Mm -hmm. It's popular in higher ed. There is some debate around the word, but um, we, we're not here to tell any student this is what you should refer yourself as. Yeah. Just if we ever say Latinx, that's just what we mean. Yeah. So um, at CWI, I serve as a recruiter. Um, so an enrollment counselor, I visit schools primarily with high uh, Latino population. Mm -hmm. And so the purpose is to help to uh, grow uh, opportunities for Latinx folks to come into high school and then also graduate. So my other half is a retention advisor. I help oversee the Latinx Scholars Program, which is a first-year scholarship program for incoming students mm -hmm. who identify as Latinx or want to learn about Latinx services or culture. Oh, cool. um, so anyone can literally apply to be a part of this program. Yeah. We meet with them once a month. Um, we have the students attend socials a semester to help build community, workshops a semester to help with any kind of academic support, or even just getting the FAFSA done, or even just... Mm -hmm applying to scholarships we yeah, do things that can like be that. hard and like time consuming it could yeah. be so hard especially for someone who's never navigated yeah. and um the other part of my job is advocacy so whether it be on campus helping um create a more welcoming climate for students and seeing themselves mm. be represented there's really like a lot of hats we wear but i just absolutely love it yeah yeah that's awesome yeah. okay really interesting and why do you think it's so important to have a latinx student service coordinator you know what? I, I think it's so important to have roles like these just because we have a lot of first-time incoming students, not necessarily just even Latinx, mm -hmm. that are navigating higher education for the very first time. And it's so crucial to connect students with the appropriate retention resources like does anyone know that there's free tutoring on campus? Does anyone know that we have free counseling if you're dealing with mental health issues? Maybe you're, someone passed away recently. Maybe you broke up with your significant other and life is over. You're devastated. Mm -hmm. I know we laugh about those things sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes we need support and students need to know that we have the support. We're, we're yeah. here to help you stay at school, but also like you have a community and people here want you there, value you and want to help you grow. And that's why I think it's worthwhile to have services like this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important as a, and as a Latino student myself, you know, 
you don't really know all of the opportunities. I mean, even if you've gone to college for generations in your family, you yep. know, there's so many more that are popping up as we keep going. So it's, I think that's really important and interesting. Yeah. Um, I saw also th- on your website <laughs> that you are a, a club advisor for the uh, club Siempre Unidos. What is that? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, one of my goals is to help t- to develop students as leaders. And much like myself, through um, club involvement, I was able to grow as a leader. So Siempre Unidos stands for Always United, Mm -hmm. and it is our Latinx student club uh, that focuses on building community, growing the community, and uh, most importantly is uplifting our community. So the club meets twice a month. Um, We have an e-board, so president, treasurer, vice president, secretary. And uh, together, they have a mission of doing uh, service learning events, like community service, or doing fundraisers, or bringing in workshops to help promote different ideas. And it's all student-led, and they've worked very closely with our group. Um, One of our goals is to send the group to a national conference, and um, literally all the skills of that you learn by being in a group like this, you can transfer on to like even getting a real job or professional, mm-hmm. uh, embarking on a professional career. So like the students plan all their events, they do all the marketing, yeah, they wow. organize like times and schedule their everything. So it, I mean, it's, it's super worthwhile to do that, to make friends, to network, and also to grow as a leader. And so it's really important to, to, be, to join groups yeah. for sure. Yeah, you can kind of get more involved with the school and get to know your community a lot, a yes. lot better. Yes. Plus, like you said, you know, you get that experience. Um, how long has Siempre Unidos been a club? So our group started about a year ago um, at the beginning of, not about a year ago, actually right at the precipice of like just when everything was going down with COVID. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the first meetings were definitely virtual. But mm-hmm. uh, now that... Um, at CWI, anyways, we can do more in-person events uh, mm-hmm. that are safe. Uh, that we're finding that a lot of our students really want this, and so we've had really good uh, turnout at our very first meeting. Yeah, so, awesome! Yeah, That's so great. Um, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced in college? I know you said you went to I of U, right? U of I, yeah, yeah. U of I. I. Yes. Excuse me. No, you're good. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I was very fortunate and lucky to be a part of the College Assistant Migrant Program. Mm-hmm. So when I was in school, any kind of issue that came up, I did have barriers. I did have challenges mm-hmm. uh, right away through the support of the College Assistant Migrant uh, Program staff. I was able to to get the appropriate resource. So I remember um, whoever's good at math, like kudos to you. That's not something that's always come easy for me. Mm-hmm. So I remember struggling in some of my math classes and then being connected to tutoring right away. Or um, I remember even just having issues with my roommate at the time when I was in college. <laughs> uh, we just didn't connect. And yeah. so, like, talking with my advisor and knowing that I could change roommates and that was something I could do. Or um, even, like, not understanding what my meal plan covered. You know, there's a lot of things like that. Um, and I got my very first – so in high school, I was a really good student. And I didn't really have to study a lot, but I could easily get like A's and B's. And I know there's a lot of students out there that can do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when I came to college, it it didn't come as easy. Um, And so like understanding that it was okay to struggle, I got my very first C. um, (laughs) And that was devastating the one semester. Um, And so like, you know, just things like that. Um, I, I, I think I felt empowered by just being connected to 
the knowledge and the resource. And so like the next time around, I knew what to do and um, who I could go to for support. And so um, those are just examples. And I also remember, I'll share this really quick story um, that I felt really homesick when I was in college, especially like the the first couple of months. And my little brother and sister were like five years old at the time. And I just remember this one time I walked out of um, we called it Bob's, which was our food court. Mm-hmm. So we walked out of that with my friends and I get a call from my little brother. So I picked it up and, right. and my little brother was like, Javi, when are you coming home? Aww. And then he started crying. <laughs> oh, and I remember I was like yeah. holding back my tears and I actually did cry. <laughs> yeah. And I looked at my friends and then they cried with me. And so we like <laughs> hugged each other. Outside. It was like an awkward moment we had. Yeah. But it was a moment and they all like understood and I understood. And mm-hmm. so like those things are very normal and those are things you will face. But, um, you know, just push through the discomfort a little bit and it gets easier and better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's a really sweet story. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I think it's important, like, for a lot of people to know that, you know, they're not the only ones who feel like they're struggling more than in high school and stuff like that. And um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, What are some advantages of going to CWI? I know that you're an advisor there and, you know, you're an employee there. So what are some advantages of CWI specifically? Okay. Um, So first and foremost, I do want to say that every student will have different experience at different institutions Mm -hmm. and not one is better or worse. The reality is that for some students, um, going to their dream school might not be a reality just because of the cost. And Mm -hmm. that's very, very real. For me, I was fortunate enough to get that scholarship last minute, and I was able to attend the University of Idaho, which was my dream school. And so at CWI, one of the there's definitely a lot of advantages, but um, your first two years are are more affordable, and they can transfer to any institution. So while you're working, to maybe improve grades, or maybe you are a 4.0 student and you come to us first just for that affordability piece, mm-hmm. you can transfer like literally anywhere, especially the four-year institutions in the state and even private colleges in and out of state. We have transfer agreements. Um, the cost is another one. So a student who is full Pell eligible at CWI does not have to pay anything out of pocket, does not have to make payment arrangements. Oh, wow. Um, literally, the Pell Grant will cover everything, everything, and then you might get some money back for books. Um, and laptops. So I, I do see that's very common. Um, additionally, like s- classroom sizes are smaller. A lot of institutions will share that also, which is it's actually a really good thing because mm-hmm. um, you can connect with the instructor more, ask questions instead of in a big lecture class. Uh, we still have those, though. And then all the resource opportunities. Um, I know that for a lot of students who are first gen, community colleges are are big. Um, and are definitely an option just because of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And we do have a lot of services in place, like what I've just shared from Latinx Student Services um, to help anybody kind of embark on that journey. And so there's a lot of good reasons to attend any college. Um, Primarily for me, if I had known about CWI when I was looking at colleges, that's probably where I would have gone. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, awesome. Um, And you mentioned to me er a little bit earlier about... um, like her- heritage, or what was it? I'm sorry. Oh, Latinx Heritage Month. Yes, yeah. yes. It's so like how you guys were doing like an event or something. Yes. Yeah. So this week, a CWI has planned through our office has planned a whole week to dedicate to Latinx Heritage Month, where we're highlighting different parts of our cultures, traditions. Um, definitely, history is a big mm-hmm. part. So. 
Um, on Monday, we did a presentation on our services to inform the community at large what we do. We had someone come in and talk about Dolores Huerta and her life oh, and how a lot of times she doesn't get recognition mm -hmm. for her contributions. And mostly Cesar Chavez gets all the attention. Mm -hmm. um, and then yesterday we did um, a line dancing workshop where students learn how to dance Payaso de Rodeo. Oh, wow. Which is a big staple <laughs> for any of our Latinx uh, events and yeah. ceremonies. Um, we played Loteria. This morning we Fun. had someone come in and talk about um, machismo and how that affects our communities uh -huh. and how we really need to um, work on like loving ourselves. Yeah. And then after that, we had a presentation on Rigoberta Menchu, who is this Nobel Peace Prize, um, you know, person who's done a lot for the Guatemalan community. And she is um, indigenous, one of the very first indigenous women, the only one, I think, to run for president in her country and just all the work that she continues to do. Um, but very inspiring kind of work. And, and those are the kind of things we want to do, highlight achievements and people who are making a difference in our communities. Yeah, awesome. That is so interesting. And uh, I'm going to have to join you okay. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> next year. You know, yeah, please. Um, I also need to learn how to line dance. <laughs> um, do you have any advice for students, specifically minorities, but if you have anything for any yeah. students, you know, who... who are like thinking about going to college or not really sure? Yeah, so I would say this, please do not limit yourself um, to believing maybe that you can't do it because you don't have the resources, mom and dad can't help you. The help is out there. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of me's um, mm -hmm. <laughs> out there that are trying to help also the, the, I think of myself when I was a student and I think of like how I had so many mentors and that's what I strive to be to any student is just saying, like, even if you don't want to come to CWI, I will help you go to wherever you want to go. And I will help you get to connected to the appropriate people. Um, I just want to say to students who are considering college, go for it. Um, mm -hmm. Please lean into your resources. Uh, Jenny Kimball is here, and I know mm -hmm. she, do, she does a lot of work in helping students go on to college. She knows all the people in the area <laughs> to any college. Yeah. Use her. Use your teachers. Use a me. Use a friend. Use your mom. Use your dad. Literally, everybody will help you get there. Um, and then I think once you get to college, there's three, like, golden nuggets that I give everybody. Uh -huh. One is first find a mentor, um, whether that be another student, whether that be, like, your brother, your sister, to find a staff, professional staff member on campus who you can lean into. Mm -hmm. That could be me, that could be somebody from another department, um, one of our other enrollment counselors. And the th third one is like find a community, join a club, um, join a mentoring program, join anything on campus that will help you build a community. And don't be afraid to push through discomfort. Like I won't make friends or I don't know who to talk to. Be a little extra social and those three things will go a long way. You'll definitely be successful. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think that's kind of the one thing that people worry about more is like, am I going to be by myself? You yeah. know, especially if they go to a college like that they that none of their friends are going to or anything like that. Yeah, but. and and it really is discomforting at first, but you will make some of your best friends um, if you just kind of push through that. So yeah, yeah I, I strongly encourage it to everybody. Yeah, awesome. And um, do you know of any scholarships or any help that, you know, students can get right now if they're, if they're sure that they want to go and they just don't know, yes. they just need help? Yeah. yeah, so first and foremost, 
definitely get the FAFSA done. The FAFSA mm-hmm. opens up October 1st, and it needs to be done the October before you start college. Mm-hmm. So for all the seniors, on October 1st, we want to make sure we're applying to that. If you are a student who graduates from an Idaho high school you can, and have a 2.7 GPA, you can apply to the Idaho Opportunity Scholarship. That will open up, uh, if not, if it's not open now, like very soon. Mm-hmm. And it closes um, in, in the spring semester. And so that's $3,500 renewable for up to four years. Oh, wow. um, let me go back to the FAFSA. The FAFSA gives o- away up to $6,495 to any student who is full Pell eligible. And if you don't have full Pell eligibility, you can get some of those funds also. Um, aside from that, there's also the Lightfoot Foundation Scholarship and a lot of different websites and colleges will have their own institutional scholarships. For CWI, those open up in January and close at the end of March. Um, and mm-hmm. so a lot of colleges will do different things. For us, w- students need to go apply for those through our institutional scholarships portal. And every single school has a um, CWI or college advisor assigned to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Damien Valle is the CWI rep here at Bora High School, and he will help students through that process. Um, and I think the last thing is, if you are someone who maybe is a DACA student or undocumented, uh, support for students in those categories might be a little limited, but there are scholarship opportunities. And at CWI, we have a website uh, dedicated to resource opportunities for students. Also, I am happy to meet with any student who identifies as DACA or is undocumented, and I can help connect them to the appropriate resources. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. And um, is there any way before we go that people can contact you or get to get to talk to you? Yes. So everything that I've just shared is is um, live on our website. So anyone can go to cwi.edu slash Latinx and learn about some of the services and definitely scholarship opportunities. Um, additionally, my email is JavierGarcia at cwi.edu, and I'm happy to correspond through email. But I am excited to help anybody embark on it, whatever their journey is. If higher education is not for you, there's certificate programs we can look at. There's also career technical programs if academic-based degrees aren't for you. Maybe you like welding, maybe you like automotive technology, diesel technology. There's a lot of opportunities out there. We just need to reach out and grab them. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Javier, for joining us today. And um, if anybody has any questions for him, go feel free to ask him. Yeah. Thank you, thank you again so much. And I look forward to um, coming back. <laughs> <laughs> These are Bora Voices. Well, thank you for listening to episode 26 of the Bora Pridecast. We'll be back soon with some sounds of the Bora Homecoming Carnival. Uh, more interviews, more prep period cold calls, and all sorts of new and exciting voices. These are Bora Voices. Mm-hmm.